God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I hope uh, our modulation is coming through just right. I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. Um, we might be running a little hot, but um, in any case, we're running from a remote location in Miami. And, uh, you know, today is Groundhog Day. So yep. we're happy about that. Puxatani Phil saw his shadow, apparently. So six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks. That's what they wow. say. Yeah, well, you wouldn't know it here in Miami. Although it, I feel I cold right now. <laughs> cold. <yeah. laughs> That's because this this uh, hotel accommodation doesn't have a furnace. Um, but it's cold. T- Today is one of the chilliest days since we've been here. But you know, one of the things we were doing while we were down here is inspecting a property for uh, one of the events that we're going to be holding through Magapac, and uh, that's going to be a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, that we're starting to um, put together events. Yeah, this is not too far from Marilago. Not, not too far from Marilago, and they're going to, you know, it's going to be old all day seminar, and there's going to be a reception and a dinner. It's going to be a great time in great weather. Yeah, we don't have a date yet. We don't have we're a date, but with, with the general management on on that, but absolutely, um, you know, so there's a lot going on in terms of uh, our mission, which is for the next two years we're going to be targeting rhinos. Uh, we're going to be targeting rhinos and trying to get them out of office. Liz Cheney is going to be enemy number one. She was going after Matt Gates because Matt Gates had that rally out in Cheyenne. And uh, and it was kind of interesting there because she tried to sort of like uh, um, throw out these insinu- insinuations that um, – uh, Matt Gates is uh, a homosexual. She is the expression beauty bag. And yeah. you know what's sad about that? She has a gay sister. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, so you play the gay card when it's convenient and don't play it when it's inconvenient. Right. It's it's absolutely, uh, you know, typical politics for Washingtonians, you know, like um, Karl Rove, for example, knew since 1988 that, uh, that, that the uh, Weaver guy, uh, as part of the Lincoln Project, was molesting little boys 
and and sexually harass, harassing men that work for him, right? This Weaver guy. Now, this is Lincoln Project. You know that they knew about this before the election, but they allowed this anyway. They they interviewed these people in the mainstream media, the same mainstream media that's now told uh, that they what they can say and what they can't say, and uh, the, from the same administration that's telling big tech uh, that they need to uh, censor. They need to censor more. And so they're basically going to big tech that, uh, you know, we want you to censor more. And meanwhile, you know, you have a former president of the United States, uh, President Donald Trump, still sort of my president, and still working every day at Mar-a-Lago, the Southern White House. Um, And that's the other thing we're going to be talking about today. It's kind of like there's a dueling trend. It's like President Trump is busy working every day. He's still got Scavito on board tweeting for him. And he's still uh, putting out uh, messaging, but not on Twitter, right. uh, but elsewhere. And he's got his uh, surrogates uh, sending information out. And what's going to happen is you're going to start to see um, these executive orders backfire in the Biden administration, especially when it comes to something like the Keystone Pipeline costing 11,000 jobs instantaneously and uh, reversing some of the immigration Reforms. I believe that today uh, Biden's going to have three more executive orders. They're calling it Immigration Day today. Yeah, so it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50. uh, He's approaching 50 executive orders in in a matter of, what, 10 days? A little more than 10 days, 12 days? Yeah, he'll be two two weeks uh, um, tomorrow. Actually, as a matter of fact... Today's the second, right? Yeah, no, today's, so today's the second. On the th- on the third, he'll have been in office two weeks. Two weeks, okay. So tomorrow, on the third. so yeah, so it's 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 record speed for setting executive orders. So you know, it's it's insane. And what he's doing, it's it's a systemic reversal of everything that President Trump did, including all the good that President Trump did. And you know what's going to happen, Scott? There's going to be something that's going to come back to bite him. Something you, you're going to get protests on the economic front, and then you know, God forbid, there there are there are more deaths or other experiences as a result of the loosening of the immigration policies. Well, Main Street, sir, Main, Main Street certainly doesn't like him. And then you look at the uh, the whole thing with um, GameStop, yeah, and uh, Robinhood, and that whole um, yep. you know thing that was going on with Reddit. In terms of um, uh, outplaying, outflanking the hedge funds, yeah, that have been playing these same games for probably a century. You know, they were rigging the Wall Street, rigging the rigging the um, rigging the system on Wall Street, and all of a sudden, when it comes time for them to be victimized by the similar tactics, uh, that situation is that they put a halt to trading and they protect, you know, the uh, the uh, special class of people. And again, the same thing is true with uh, social media and big tech. It's like, who are they censoring? They're censoring, they're censoring the people that they disagree with. Right. So and it's that's absolute the way censorship. It's always been. It just has come to light now that that's what's been going on. And and again, hasn't there been more recent footage released that showed that Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey knew that they had too much power? You know, and well, Project Veritas, Project Veritas, what they're some of what they're releasing. You yeah. know that they knew that they had too much control over what people could and couldn't say. Well, we're starting to see all kinds of things come yeah. out. It, in the wake of the election, 
the the rigging, the the fix was in, obviously. And uh, I I still think that Mark Zuckerberg is going to have some major problems. I mean, we still have some semblance of justice in this country. Uh, Not that we have any faith or belief or trust in the Department of Justice or the FBI right now, but um, they've been given, uh, I think it was three weeks. I'm going to look at my notes on that. But for Seth Rich, uh, the uh, Department of Justice has pretty much dropped the hammer on that. And, uh, yeah, it says here, Attorney Ty Clevenger's motion to compel the FBI to produce the files it had been hiding regarding the murder of Seth Rich shall be produced by April 23rd, 2021. That's, uh, what is April 23rd? I guess that's three months. Well, well, let's remind everybody that uh, that Seth Rich died, what was it, July of of 2016? This is almost five years later. I mean, this is this is a long time, right? So, in the wake of the election, uh, you have this um, person um, that uh, was the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania. Breaking, it says, Democrat Pennsylvania Secretary of State at center of Trump election concerns resigns after botching requirement for constitutional amendment. Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookbar resigned on Monday for failing to comply with state election law. Now, you tell me, but doesn't that, you know, I mean, at some point, uh, something's going to have to happen, right? We can't just have people who cheat and violate election laws. Well, what she she did reportedly was she bungled the handling of a constitutional amendment related to sexual abuse victims and their ability to sue alleged abusers. So uh, she'll leave office February 5th. What, repeat that again? Yeah, what she did was she bungled the handling of a constitutional amendment related to uh, sexual abuse victims and their ability to uh, sue alleged abusers. Well, I think the, the election fraud in Pennsylvania goes much, much further than that, right? Um, with all that we've seen, you know, there's no signature verification, all these other things. Um, you know, what's going to happen when uh, we start to find out the truth surrounding the fraud in these elections? I mean, we're already st- hearing more and more with each week that passes. Uh, court cases are going to be um, springing up. Uh, there are already sp- uh, court cases against big tech and their uh, illegal involvement in the election. There's uh, also big tech uh, censorship of of um or, or their monopoly tendencies with regard to advertising and some other things. Um, so there's a lot of litigation that's going on against the big tech. And that, that ought to be interesting, too, because that's going to reveal uh, how they played their hand. Uh, we're seeing Project Veritas with, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Um, we're also uh, seeing, and that's a violation of election fraud right there. Yeah, absolutely. So at some point, you know, you wonder how that breaks down if they say, okay, well, the guy in the office didn't get the votes. Obviously, he's got, he gets more dislikes than likes. Nobody barely even knows who the vice president is. Um, they're, they're taking these polls, and people don't even know who's in the White House right now. And um, it's, it's kind of peculiar. And, you know, when you, when you think about it, you think, okay, what is he even doing? Yeah. Do you see him um, 
Answering questions to the press? No. And the press is not allowed to answer, ask the questions. And then you got Jen Psaki circling back every other day. You know, that's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic in and of itself is this circle back. I'll get back to you on that. It yeah. seems to be like they're, they're uh, really slow on information. Yeah. And when the truth does come out, um, they, they stumble all over the place with respect to that. So, like, for example, this Biden economic advisor had a trouble explaining uh, what what was what he was what he was going to do, uh, how he made came to that conclusion uh, about the Keystone Pipeline and uh, in and uh, costing 11,000 jobs. I'm actually going to find that here in a second. But I'm dealing with a remote. But while, so while you're while you're doing yeah. that, just staying on Jen Psaki for a moment, you know, there's now been an effort yeah. to uh, limit who gets to speak and control which you know which reporters get access to the press secretary. And we saw this before, Scott. We saw yeah. this during the Obama administration. All right, I do have it now. The, vi- the I was about to play the wrong uh, audio, but let's let's take a listen to Chris Wallace and uh, the Democrat uh, advisor. Uh, let's see, the Democrat advisor. Um, Biden economic advisor chokes when asked why Joe Biden is killing 11,000 jobs. Even when they're given a chance to explain, they can't explain. But Jen Psaki always has to circle back. And Biden answers zero questions. And I guess it was um, Kamala Harris that was uh, talking about landmines in in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when she was talking about uh, the the cost of mining jobs? But Let's Jared, take a listen to I this. Mean, the fact is that the Keystone Pipeline is going to kill 11,000 jobs, 1,000 right now already, 10,000 that were planned. And, and that's the argument that critics make. They say you're killing current good-paying jobs for the prospect of jobs down the line. Here is the governor of Montana this week. This Keystone XL pipeline is a lifeline for rural Montana. It would have generated over $100 million a year in taxes to help us pay for schools, law enforcement, infrastructure. This is devastating. The governor says that when the president signed that executive order, the workers on the Keystone pipeline packed up their lunch pails and went home. Look. We we haven't had the Keystone Pipeline in place for a long time, and we certainly had you know a very low unemployment rate before the crisis hit. The- That's not true, is it? That we didn't have a, a low unemployment rate uh, before the crisis hit. That's number one. Number two, it's the way they rolled it out. They're not even uh, negotiating with uh, the other side. And does Mitch McConnell care? No. All he cares about is trying to throw co- cover. And protect Liz Cheney from her yeah. rhino ways. Uh, and then you, you get this uh, so-called bipartisan uh, uh, photo op with Susan Collins and Mitt Romney in, in the Oval Office uh, with Joe Biden uh, trying to act like there's some sort of bipartisan work going on when everybody knows that um, you know, people like Bain Capital were donating yeah. to the Lincoln Project, yeah. to a bunch of uh, people that sexually harassed young male minors. Um, you know, that's Bain Capital investing in Lincoln Project to out 
to ouster their own party's president of the United States uh, and do whatever they can to do that. Um, we got some others doing yeah. that, too. You had Sequoia Capital, Google, Lone Pine Capital, Aberdeen Inc., David Geffen Company. You already mentioned Bain, Geola Capital, Senate Majority PAC, 1630 Fund, and Do Right Inc., all donating to the Lincoln Project. Those are the top donors. Yeah, and and they, they had 17 interviews after it was already known that they were supporting a... Uh, Pedophile, yeah. a pedophile, and uh, someone who sexually harasses uh, men at the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and this is a dude himself. But yeah. uh, you know, it's just—it's absolutely absurd. And the other part of this, too, in terms of this, uh, what's what's being done by this uh, administration, if you will, is that they're they're not working across the aisle even though they're trying to actually sell the concept that they are with that meeting that I just mentioned. But they're also not warning people at home. Uh, The people that were directly affected by the job loss, uh, I was watching, uh, we were watching Fox News from the hotel room, right? Right. And um, there was an interview with a lady uh, that um, was talking about her restaurant and saying, you know, if we would have had a little bit of warning like just like maybe a few weeks of warning. Right. We wouldn't have bought so much product because right. there was a boom in town. People were uh, packing her restaurant. And uh, and and at some point, you know, uh, they have inventory. They have spoilage. Right. You're uh, talking about food that you, you can put in a freezer or whatever else. It's right, just but it has necessi- a shelf life. It's not going to last long, as you pointed out. Right. So. It has a shelf life. So, so there were, you know, there's so many unintended consequences to this. And, you know, by showing zero respect for the people that you're serving. And again, I think they've lost their sense of that, uh, that sense of serving, serving the people that, you know, that that, uh, vote Main Street while beholden to, you know, the multinational corporations and uh, the um, globalists agenda and the climate initiatives and uh, the immigration uh, executive orders that we're going to be seeing roll out today are going to be part and parcel of catering to the cartels, uh, which are going to be fulfilling uh, some of the black market strategies. Um, you know, like I say, I, I've always said that uh, when um, when Obama never gave Javelin missiles, tank-busting missiles to Ukraine, it didn't mean that Ukraine wasn't going to get what they needed. It just meant that that was going to be distributed and delivered through a black market to uh, to uh, support the uh, efforts of someone like uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, or John McCain, or some of those rhinos in the Senate that were basically uh, getting uh, get being able to uh, benefit financially for their cooperation with the existing administration where they get one deal and then Barack Obama gets another deal. He gets the Iran deal. Uh, They're already talking about, like, for example, with Iran, they're talking about uh, Iran uh, being just weeks now away from some sort of a nuclear, uh, you know, enriched uranium that would be able to produce nuclear weapons. So they're already green lighting that. I mean, we already predicted 
that that was um, the case with the JCPOA being 15 years, they're guaranteed to get what they want, and they were going to cheat the entire way. And Trump knew that they were cheating, so Trump pulls out of the JCPA and sanctions them uh, to their knees to where they couldn't afford to do the uh, research and development. And now, of course, they're getting back into the JCPOA, JCPOA, and they're going to try to blame Trump now and say, well, if Trump didn't pull out of that, they wouldn't be where they are. Well, don't be fooled by that because that that's a that's a lie. They were slowed down because they were financially strapped. That's really what what the situation was there. So, you just heard this advisor. Obviously, they didn't think through. Um, they didn't think through the uh, their their executive orders for the Keystone Pipeline at all. No, and and, and, they, and didn't they didn't think give through any warning. Uh, to uh, support or at least work with the people that were going to be victimized by this thing. Yeah, because you're going to still going to have, as you said, eleven thousand people without jobs, and you know, uh, you know, people need notification. They need to be able to plan. They need to know what is being provided to them if when when they lose the job and what's the retraining plan. And you know, there's a lot of cavalier attitudes that are going on. We saw this last week, I believe it was, with John. Kerry speaking about people learning how to create solar panels that okay you lost your job well you can build solar panels like it's so easy to just learn how to create a solar panel and get a job doing that but again that's an elitist mentality an approach that oh those little people will figure everything out you know there'll there'll be a place for them we'll give them something but but there isn't a thought out plan and what people in this country want is they want an ability to earn their own livelihood so they're going forward with the impeachment thing as well. Yes. Uh, so that's another uh, another uh, handout for unity, right? And that's supposed to be, I believe, February 9th. And then in the same time, they're trying to push to get Merrick Garland confirmed one as day. the attorney general in one day when every single attorney general candidate for the last, the last five of them has been confirmed in a full two-day session. I mean, there needs to be enough opportunity to ask the right questions. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, what's the impeachment about, by the way? Yeah. Do, you, do you know what it's about? I, I, you got me. And again, we keep going back to the ludicrousness of this entire thing. You're you're trying to remove somebody from office who's already out of office. So what's the point? But the point is they're afraid of Trump. They're afraid of Trump and they're trying to do whatever they can to, you know, conquer him and stamp him out for the future and then erase him from the history so it will be as if he was never at the white house so investigators recommend no charges for the capitol police officer who shot and killed ashley babbitt i wonder how her family feels about that still won't release his identity yeah okay so what is that about yeah after nearly a month since unarmed trump supporter ashley babbitt was shot and killed point blank range and i saw the whole thing on tape and i'm telling you uh, that puts George Floyd in a whole different light. But yeah. because it was a white woman, right, uh, they didn't decide, they decided not to treat it the same way. Right. Um, you know, and the other thing is, um, we're, we're, what, what, what history month is it? Is, is it Native American history uh, month? Uh, well, I, I month? thought it was Armenian history month. 
Oh no! Well, see, we don't get those history months. What what is that? What is all that about? You know this. Uh, I wonder what do we still need a Black History Month for? We've we already had a Black president. We currently have a Black female vice president. You know, we've had uh, several Black Supreme Court justices. I think the more we continue these traditions that um, are based on identity politics, the the more we separate people. We That's divide a, we, we we divide people. In fact, you know, Trump has more accolades uh, to promote peace than any other president in the history of America. And yet the uh, more than likely what's going to happen is black lives matter is going to get uh, they're they're going to probably win the award. They've been nominated for a peace prize. You got to be kidding! You know, I mean, Black Lives Matter. I mean, I already knew that, so I'm, I'm being I'm being yeah. facetious when I say you got to be kidding. But the point is, is you've got an organization that has been hallmarked by violence and destruction. You and Marxism. Dri- and Marxism. You drive through DC and you see. BLM on a lot of different places, prominent office places. It's it's on the Motion Picture Association of America. It's on well-known restaurants. It's there. And you know what I think, and I've said this before on the show, that organizations are, in a sense, branding themselves and putting the BLM as a way to protect themselves, similar to what you see dur- saw during Passover, where let's put the blood on my door so that they don't come, they don't come and kill my firstborn son. And, that, and that's what's happening is they're trying to say, okay, I support the movement. Leave me alone. Yeah, you know, and, it, and you it's know the, the the Capitol Hill police officer that they're protecting, and the name remains um, right nameless. Um, is a black guy that shot a white woman, right? And you know what kind of headline that would have been? You know, we saw exactly what happened in in Minneapolis, over right? and over again. And I think that George Floyd, the former porn star that he was, um, you know, was high on drugs. And uh, got what about fifteen different right. memorial services yeah. all around the country, and with Jesse um, now uh, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, right? All right. I mean, all that BS to win an election, you know. And that's the same thing that's been going on with this COVID. You know, they said Alaska, Florida, yeah. um, uh, South Dakota, yeah. uh, states that um, did not uh, buckled, you know. Crack down yeah. on on the masks yeah. and and all those things. They're doing the best right now. There is, there there is a great piece by Carol Markowitz in the Washington Examiner where she talks about how great Florida is, and we're seeing more. You also have a piece up on your Twitter feed about Florida and Governor DeSantis because there's because what they're doing is what DeSantis is doing is he's looking at this on a county by county basis. He's oh, he's opening uh, restaurants and other businesses. At the greatest capacity that's feasible in keeping uh, with guidelines, but there are also punish. There's also punishment if you implement uh, COVID restrictions unnecessarily. I'm going to go ahead and play that DeSantis clip here in a moment. But uh, before I, before I get to that, uh, what I want to do is I want to wrap up the uh, Capitol Hill police. Um, Thing So they got this early after nearly a month since unarmed Trump supporter Ashley Babb was shot and killed in the Capitol. Investigators uh, in the Capitol investigators have recommended no charges for Capitol Police officer who fired the shots. However, he still we still don't know why his name is kept under wraps. It doesn't make any sense. So the shooting of a pro-Trump rioter, Ashley Babbitt, remains under investigation by D.C. Metropolitan Police, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C., and civil rights prosecutors, a routine process for shootings involving Capitol Police. 
A final decision hasn't been made. The people familiar with the probe told CNN. So Babbitt was shot in the Capitol as she died along with three other Trump supporters on January 6th. Babbitt was shot in cold blood and she was unarmed. We asked multiple times why the Capitol Police officer's name has not been released. And some people believe the officer was shot uh, the officer who shot the young unarmed, unarmed Trump supporter may have been an anti-Trumper, and therefore his name is being withheld from the public for that reason. It is unusual that the police officer's identity is being withheld from the public, and yet he is exonerated of the wrongdoing from authorities reviewing the case. These are very suspicious actions indicating there may be more to this very sad story. And that's a sad, sad state of affairs there. Now, listen, there's a follow-up to this. Breitbart was reporting. Non-voters and registered Democrats were among those who were arrested at the January 6th Capitol protest. An analyst, an analysis of voting records shows. The January 6th event, which has been overwhelmingly branded as a pro-Trump protest, sparked the second impeachment of former President Trump as Democrats primarily blamed him for inciting the insurrection. By the way, did you know that Google has a speech going around when you search for the speech? They have one that's been altered to make it more incendiary than than the other. You're talking about the president's speech. The president's speech. President Trump's speech. That's right. And uh, they're going out of their way to try to sell this idea. So right here it says this. Google has changed the last paragraph of Trump's speech. The first, uh, the first screenshot, uh, which I have on my Twitter feed uh, and on Telegram, uh, is, uh, and by the way, it's, uh, Telegram is t.me slash Scott Adams Show, t.me slash Scott Adams Show, and also I think it's t.me slash Red State Talk or Red State Talk Radio, something like that. So in any case... Um, the first screenshot is what Google is showing to their search engines on their search engines. The second screenshot is Trump's actual speech. This is so sneaky. So one uh, basically says uh, uh, well, that uh, he, he kind of in, in, alludes to inciting violence, right? And the other uh, does not. So one is a lot more... Um, you know, a lot more uh, normal, you know, than the, the one he gave, the one that President Trump gave is the, the one that you would expect a leader to give. And uh, it would be far different uh, if, if it was Maxine Waters speaking. Yeah. Well, right? you know, in his actual speech, he spoke about showing strength. The, the uh, speech that they have here that's talking about fight, 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 you know, so they're, they're, they're changing some of the verbiage or put, shifting it out of context. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but um, in any case, I do want to also play the audio clip that you brought up uh, related to um, DeSantis in terms of opening, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Mitch McConnell uh, and some of the things that the actions that that have been going on there. But let's take a look at listen to uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. The other states kept locking people down. Florida also led and continues to lead on protecting the livelihoods of our people. While so many other states kept locking people down, 
Florida lifted people up. We believe every job is essential. You work in a restaurant, we have your back. If you are a hairstylist, we protect your right to earn a living. And if you are a parent, we ensure your kids have the right to attend school in person. Lockdowns do not work. School closures have been disastrous. Yet even today, we see across our country businesses shuttered, lives ruined, and schools closed. Indeed, in major parts of the country, students might not return to in-person instruction until the fall. Florida schools are open. Every Floridian has a right to work. All businesses have a right to operate. And Florida is better for it. You know, well, I just want to make a quick comment. Uh, sure. He zoned in on the restaurant workers and the hairstylists, which are frontline jobs that you need to be there in per- person. The elitists, you know, the jobs that people have where they can work from home, you know, which are well, the corporate jobs, uh, nonprofits, ex- and, you know, executive positions, traditionally white collar jobs, you have the option of working remotely. It, the people that are suffering the most are the people who have these frontline positions. And the fact that the governor of Florida focused on that shows that he cares about everybody. And again, the school thing is again, the same thing. It's a, it's a haves and the have nots. The, pu- the public schools that are closed, those are hurting all children, but especially the poorest of the poor children, the richer children are going to Catholic school or going to private school where they're not shut down or they're not shut down at the same level. Right. And just um, a note, uh, I had a monitor on my uh, one of my, my iPad device, and okay. um, we're going through a remote. Um, we're, we're using a remote studio today. and um, It's live I, radio. And I did, well, the call-in system. So I... It was disconnected from the internet, but in any case, um, if you called in, uh, and I see some calls, they come in on the call log there, but uh, we didn't, we weren't able to see them because the screen wasn't refreshing on the iPad. Um, but uh, if you want to call in again, uh, the number is two one five Top Talk. That's two one five eight six seven eight two five five. That's two one five eight six seven eight two five five. Uh, if you want to call in and be heard today, I think that the call-in system's working today, but uh, we won't really know for sure. Um, in any case, um, Mitch McConnell. So Mitch McConnell is throwing some protection to uh, Liz Cheney. Not that she deserves it, you know. See, it's just really incredible, you know, when you think about um, where Mitch, what what Mitch was hiding. Right. And he has the nerve to call um, uh, that uh, green. uh, What was her name? Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green, a rock star in the Republican Party, as far as I'm concerned, um, and called her a cancer. And she replied and I retweeted her. um, Marjorie Taylor Green. um, But basically, you know, that Mitch McConnell's the cancer, you know, that he's the one that really needs to. So Marjorie Taylor Greene says, the real cancer for the Republican Party is weak Republicans who only know how to lose gracefully. This is why we are losing our country. You know, and I've always thought this. I mean, I've thought this for 10 years now. You know, it's nothing new. Uh, that um, we really need to get to the bottom of, you know, we need to fight back. Uh, and when Trump was saying, you know, go nuclear, Mitch. Go nuclear. Uh, and Mitch was like, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and just play nice and 
and we're going to play by the parliamentary rules and things like that. Uh, well, now we're seeing the Democrats come out on steroids with 50 executive orders, not not even, and there's not even a complaint from the Republicans, yeah. uh, from the rhinos. Uh, they just think, oh, that's exactly what should be done, is we should put business in Washington back as usual. And frankly, I, I think that that's a big mistake. And they're going to pay for it. I mean, they're going to pay big time. The only thing that's going to stop us from actually getting payback is the rigged voting machines because there's just no way in hell I'm ever going to believe that Georgia uh, was as, as blue of a state as what they became. And the other part is this whole thing about immigration and registrations. So what they're doing is they're doing the amnesty and they're doing the immigration, but they're in every single place uh, that they're doing this, they're doing something about reg registrations. And again, these people aren't voting the registrations. I see the callers calling in. We got two callers calling in. Um, let's hope it works. Uh, I'm going to pick that call up in a second. But these registrations are the thing that they're using because they're converting those yeah, ever okay. called in before. Well, Caller, you're on the air? Caller? Okay. Okay. And I see where it says Polly or Marzuka, but uh, apparently that's not working. So then the other caller hung up. And uh, so the other caller, try calling in. Maybe it's the, the, call, the problem with the one caller. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, so the other caller who just hung up, maybe you can call in and uh, we'll take that call. But... In any case, that didn't go well, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it is live radio, and we are using a remote location, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I wanted to get to, uh, I wanted to get to, well, we're, we're talking about Mitch McConnell, so, I mean, yeah. we, we ought to finish up that. That that basically is why we started uh, the whole MAGA pack thing in the first place, is the, the rhinos that are in place. Uh, are really uh, where wh how it, how it is we've gotten here? But what is the strategy for you know looking into the voter fraud? Yeah. And I've always said this. I've been saying that um, you know if we start to see some big wins with respect to uh, voter fraud, uh, Biden could still be disqualified. But in that case, Biden gets disqualified, and guess who goes down with Biden? Kamala Harris. Yeah. Uh, basically, that whole ticket gets disqualified. And if that happens, then Nancy Pelosi becomes the president of the United States. Now, the interesting nightmare scenario, although she's pretty old at this point. Well, well, the interesting thing about that is that that would create some sort of an incentive for the left to actually roll over and lose on purpose. Uh, so, you know, you, and then you would basically have a potential li uh, lawsuit uh, regarding Donald Trump saying, okay, if they were disqualified and I was the candidate that was the victim, then I should actually get to, to run in office. And not to mention the fact that he could run in office and then run for a third term. Yeah. Uh, because it would be a complete term. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting too. Hmm. 
What are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on that? I say anything is possible. And I also say that don't count Donald Trump out. I mean, when he made those comments, we will be back in some form or another. I'm paraphrasing. I think those were words to be taken seriously. And I think how he comes back might surprise us. Maybe it won't be as a presidential candidate. Maybe it will be. But he's still going to have an impact on our on our society and on our future. Well, yeah. And uh and that's why I think that this whole thing about the impeachment hearing is so important. Yeah. I can't believe that they're doing it. I can't believe yeah. that they're doing it either. It's it's ludicrous. It's it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. It 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 also shows frivolousness in government, which is completely unnecessary. He's gone. He's not the president anymore. Joe Biden's the president. We get it. He doesn't need to be impeached. Well, and you you know the other part though is was there one uh, building set on fire? Was there a limo set on fire like in nineteen? I mean, uh, in two thousand sixteen, seventeen. No. That election? No. I mean, I, during, I, the, during the inauguration there, uh, you had uh, Madonna threatening to blow up the White House, right? Yeah. And here, uh, Trump actually gives a really good speech, right? A rally speech. And, um, and he gets blamed for the violence that was created by the, the liberals on by the, the left. By the left. And, and, and again, the, th- the thing is, is that you have to look at the desperate treatment. You, um, the night uh, Biden was inaugurated... There, the day Biden was inaugurated, they were protesting in Seattle and Portland and destroying things. Right. So we have we have that same caller. Um, yep. Caller, you're on the air. And the liberals on the left. And uh, but it's the same caller we couldn't hear before. Okay. So in any case, uh, yeah. So if it, if someone wants to call in and test it that would be great too uh we could try it with another caller other than the one that's not working yeah somebody please call in and test it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be helpful yeah um in any case uh the number uh the call in is 267 or 215 i'm sorry 215 867 8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard so uh what were we talking about there? Uh, we were talking about President Trump and, um, you know, what he might be doing um, as a s- second or third act. Oh, so the the, the impeachment, right. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea there is um, they don't have a chance. No. Uh, but they already had 45 senators uh, vote in and say that it's not constitutional. And, right? and you have Democrats that are siding with that too. So it, it they're well, not yeah, but you had forty. You already had this this vote exactly, and that's forty five people said we're not voting on it uh, on on doing it because it's not not constitutional. So already you got the threshold that says it's not constitutional, and and so you know at that point, how do you get to sixty? You don't. You, 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 you got fifty five at the very very most. So it's all theater, and that's what Rand Paul said. So we do have uh, two more callers that just called in. So Julie, uh, we know that you're a tested and tried and true caller. So can you hear us? And if we can't hear Julie, then there's definitely a problem. Hello, caller, you're on the air? Oh, you know what I think I can do? Um, I might be able to fix it. 
You might See, be able to fix it. Uh, we know that you're in. So, yeah, I, I, I think as while you're, while you're looking at that, I think we, we need no, to be talking about No, can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I can there hear you. Can you hear us? And if we can't hear Julie, then there's definitely a problem. Okay. Hello? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Hello. Julie. Are you on the air? This is, this is Julie. Hello. Good morning. Hello. And Julie, can you hear us? No. Can you hear us, Julie? Oh, good morning. Good morning. How Hi. We, we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, uh, can you hear us? No, I don't think this is probably going to work out too well. Hello? Hello, I can hear you. Yeah. Hello, good morning. How is sunny Florida? It's sunny. It's the sunshine state. Hello? Hello. Let's try the other call. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, All right, Julie, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Hello. hi. Can you hear us? You're breaking up in my end of the line. Okay. I think I recognize that caller. <laughs> okay, I don't, but uh, all right. Hey, I don't think the call system is working today. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to let that go. Sorry, callers, um, but thank you for calling in and uh, uh, allowing us to test our system. Now we know it doesn't work, right? So um, that's okay. We're, we're at a hotel where we have uh, an, a very spotty, uh, uncertain Internet connection. Um, so that's what we're doing today. But hey, you know, we're coming to you live, and uh, that's that's pretty good. And um, you know, what we wanted to talk about is the theater behind the impeachment trial, because that again is just going to be an absolute train wreck. Yeah. And the the uh, the idea there is that they already have fifty five, uh, fifty five. Um, they have fifty five votes at the max. So they're, they're not going to have the impeachment. So I think what's going to happen going forward is not only is, is our, our nonprofit that we started, our MAGA PAC, going to help um, ri uh, take out the rhinos out of their primaries, uh, take them down. Liz Cheney is going to be one. Kinzinger is going to be another that we're going to go for. Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, we're going to go after her. And uh, I think that there's a lot of groups that are actually having the same idea as the, as what we have, Leonora. Yes. And so, you know, that's, uh, I think that's going to, I think that the Republican Party is going to wake up and realize that this, this GOP as we've known it, it's done. Yes, it, it's it done. will never be the same. And some of that can be credited to Donald Trump. Some because, of it? Well, I think just about all of it. I, well, probably yeah. so, because he came in and you had the no, never Trumpers during the campaign. Uh, but there was but he spoke to the people. He spoke to the forgotten man and the forgotten woman. And there were a lot of people that still have a rock solid allegiance to Donald Trump. And that that group of people needs to find somebody to to follow. They need they need leaders that they can respect. And they've lost respect for the rhinos. So the rhinos have, you know, the rhinos have splintered the Republican Party. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, 
and shame on shame on them. And the only reason why they came together for Donald Trump when he was the president was because that was the only way they were going to get jobs. Now, the it, only thing that can stop Trump from running again is this impeachment. Right. That's the only thing that can stop him. And even there, if for some reason uh, Republicans showed up and voted Trump uh, to, to, to uh, make it so Trump can't run again, guess what happens then? Not only do they get uh, primaried out, because we're going to take names, every one of those is going to lose. But then the other part is uh, President Trump can still litigate that decision. Yeah. He could appeal yeah. the decision. So that's the other thing that you have to understand, too. And I think he would appeal it. Um, you know, but uh, they don't even have a case. I mean, there was no due process in the House. You can impeach a ham sandwich, yeah. you know, for any reason whatsoever, just so long as you have the votes. What what really bothers me, though, is that the kind of games that they're playing and why the mainstream media doesn't talk about this and say, you know, this is this is not this is not right. That you know, we analyzed the words that Trump put out there. And they pale in comparison to what Maxine Waters said. Right. They pale into comparison to what Nancy Pelosi herself said. Yeah. In terms of, I think there should be riots uh, elsewhere. You know, and then to um, to double down and reward Black Lives Matter for being a peaceful organization. When they were, it's not only a race; this? it's a race baiting organization. It's a Marxist organization. It's a violent organization, and every single politician, including Kamala Harris, who uh, endorsed the bailout funds, mm-hmm. uh, it turns out that uh, some of these people are are um, committing new crimes yeah. as a, as a result to their bonds and b- them being out on bail, and uh, and so the idea behind that is that these people are getting away with those types of behaviors and actions, literally bailing out violent criminals who tear statues down, burn, set buildings on fire, and attack the police, are getting bailed out by people like Kamala Harris, and it's Donald Trump yeah. for giving a speech that says, safely and patriotically walk over to the Capitol building and make our voices heard. Right. That was all he said. He, that's exactly a, a verbatim quote, is peacefully and patriotically. Right. And, and again, you know, what's going to happen is, if to your point, if this continues in the courts after uh, the, sh- the charade, that's just going to burden the Biden administration. They're going to be sitting there dealing with that. He's already, as we were talking earlier, there is already some pushback on scheduling for his, his cabinet. So if, if he wants, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't have Congress tied up doing an impeachment trial while also getting your people into place. You know, this is going to divide the country. This is going to delay his agenda, regardless of how many um, executive orders he introduces. He's not going to be able to empower his cabinet if their, their confirmations are delayed. So what, what's your priority? Is your priority building a country, building the country, moving forward, as you say? Or dividing unity, it. Or is your, or is your priority uh, continuing with the charade, which will divide the country? Well, they know that the only way that they could really get their agenda pushed forward is if they divide the country and keep us busy 
focusing on the wrong thing. Right. And and the thing is right now the people are powerless to the people who wage the coup. So the people right. successfully wage their coup and they have control of the law enforcement and the military and the w- wheels of government. And you just wonder why it is that they still have the National Guard in town, why they still have the fencing while they still have all this protection. For a party that doesn't like walls, they certainly are using walls to effectively to protect themselves. And they're blocking people out. Uh, and for what reason? As I was saying, uh, during this uh, uh, election inauguration, whatever it was uh, that you want to call that, they were all caged in like caged yeah. villains, like right. thieves. And, and there was not one riot, not one protest uh, from the right, uh, not, not one Trump supporter set anything on fire, no. you know, and and yet when you take a look back four years ago, there was riot after riot, relentless, unstoppable riots, and the police just stood down. This all started, by the way, this whole stand down, giving space to destroy Stephanie Rollins Blake, the former Bolt, uh, Baltimore mayor, in the wake of the Freddie Gray incident. Um, this was... Uh, and also the Michael Brown incident. Yeah, no, I take it all back to Michael Brown. You yeah, know, going all well, 2000, 2014. Because August. they were afraid of the optic. Right. Right. They were afraid of the optic of the National Guard, um, you know, pushing back black people uh, who are protesting Michael Brown. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that that was a bad example of law enforcement. And it never worked. It's it's always been a miserable failure. You know, in Europe, they use these things like water cannons and things like that. So, in any case, um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I think that eventually, uh, I think that the blessing here is going to be the disparity between the great presidency of Donald Trump and the weak leadership, the censorship, the way that the media is being uh, treated, and uh, and also even um, some of the people uh, that had thought they were, were getting one thing, they got buyer's remorse. We're hearing that all over the place, yeah. that, that uh, even the people that did support Biden are realizing they made a mistake. Most of, the, most of those votes were a vote against Trump, not a vote for Biden. It could have been a vote for, for Harris. And you, you're going to have him pulled in both directions. And that's what you're going to say. Right. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, Scott Adams' show. I hope that the audio quality was okay. Uh, we really don't uh, don't know exactly w- what what this is going to sound like afterward, but we'll we'll hope for the best. In that, in that, in any case, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravota, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, bye, everybody. A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there